Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment, where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Oh, we're live. You're all good. You can still take it off. It's yeah, okay. you can still take it off. Woo-hoo. It sounds it like off, this yeah. is a naughty <laughs> podcast episode today. Maybe, take it off, girl. Maybe it will no be. Big deal. You never know. <laughs> I like it. Um, well, hey, everybody. Welcome back <laughs> once again <laughs> to this uh, unpredictable podcast, Inner Bloom. Um, I'm Alexa. I am Ambrosia. And we are joined by a beautiful, beautiful soul today, Shan Castaño, a spiritual and emotional well-being teacher and coach. Hi, Shan. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so excited to be here, really. We are excited to have you because you we know you through um, our very, very, very good friend, soul sister, all the things, Leah Liebler who helps us run our retreats and does our social media and branding and all of that fun stuff. And uh, Leah, she's listening. By oh, hey, Leah. She and will be listening to this. Keep going. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm glad you be. told her because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she just, Ambie's psychic and she knows she will be listening. I know. But also she told me she listens to all the podcasts. So I'm no big deal, you know. Great. <laughs> um, so, Shan, yeah, we're super excited to have you here and – uh, just get to know a bit about you and, and what you're all about. And, you know, we love to kind of start with all of our new guests with just allowing them to share a bit of their story and, and you know, whatever feels relevant about how they were led to do what they're doing right now in this spiritual conscious world. Okay, amazing. I haven't been asked this in a while, so I'm excited to see what happens when I share the latest version of this story. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would say that all of us, when we're, you know, kids and we grow up, uh, things happen to us that shape us in really profound ways. And I think one of those things that happened to me was I was raised in a first-generation household, so never really understood my community because I didn't feel like I was part of it or I had to really change who I was to be accepted. And then in my family, um, they come from a lot of poverty. My dad was actually an illegal immigrant for a while. My mom came from Cuba. She's a political refugee. So they were traumatized in their own ways around like scarcity and um, conforming, fitting, fitting into American culture. And so I think I was told who to be my whole life. And then so when I became an adult and I went to college and I studied psychological and brain sciences and I realized I was how I was because of a certain way and like everything was just clicking and clicking and clicking. Um, And then I found sort of like liberation somewhere in college. I started backpacking um, alone, like working as a waitress and bartender throughout college and like not even going out, just like 
I need to travel was kind of like my thing and kind of how I started to learn that I could create my life. And then when I graduated college, I worked as a behavioral therapist for a year and I loved it. I love therapy. I love working with people. I love working with kids. I love the mind. I love how it all works, but I really, I really wanted to create my life. And so then I decided that I was going to start teaching and hosting workshops and I was already doing tarot readings on the side or art markets and I was doing workshops here and there and having people over like for Reiki sessions because I was certified as a, as a, certified as a practitioner. And then one day I took the leap and I became a spiritual and emotional well-being teacher. I took on clients and it's just been like crazy, wildly unfolding sense. Um, I have the Wise Body Mind podcast and it was weird how as soon as I decided I wanted to become a teacher and took on clients and was working with people, my spiritual growth accelerated. Like I didn't even know it was like, this was obviously, this is obviously part of my own personal spiritual awakening is teaching others. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of us. And so it's really exciting to be here and to now my, my work supports my life and I teach others step into their own I don't teach others how to step into their power. I don't think that's like possible. You can't be like, this is how you do it. Um, <laughs> but I, I help people like figure out who they are and what they want and what they want to do with their life and, and how to actually feel good and how to process pain. And, and so I'm a spiritual and emotional well-being teacher is what I call myself. And that's exactly what I think life is. I think life is emotions and experience. And I think that it's important for us to learn how to have a harmonious relationship with our experiences and with our emotions. And so that's where I'm at. And I just making it full circle. I think that I am here now because I was in such a turbulent environment my whole life where I wasn't, I didn't know how to process emotions. I didn't know that I could create my reality. I thought people outside of me were supposed to make it for me, um, all that sort of stuff. And so that's my current story. And I, I like, there's like so much you can say, but I think I like what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like what you said too because um, I think you said something really interesting. You were talking about how um, teaching others, right, and guiding others and through this is actually a big part of your awakening. And I think that's a really interesting thing to dive into for a second because – you know, there's so many people who, even this week, so many people I've been talking to, both clients and just friends, have been kind of uh, projecting the idea that, well, how can I teach someone when I'm not perfect, right? How can I guide someone when I don't feel like I'm, you know, there yet, wherever there is, right? And 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 that is part of spiritual growth is learning you're never going to be, you're never going to be there because there's always going to move and you're always going to be on the way to something. But I think when you... Um, are kind of starting on this path, it can be very easy to fall into that idea that like, well, I can't help anyone until I get myself to this, um, like I said, perfect, quote unquote, perfect place, right? Until I'm healed. And so could you talk about that a little more? Because I think that's a really powerful understanding for people to have. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you brought this up because I've been, I've been thinking about it actually lately. So it's funny that we're diving into it now, I would love to talk about it. I think the first time that I felt I was supposed to teach was like four months before 
No, actually, no, it was like a year almost before I even did start teaching. I was talking to someone and I was just sharing what I knew and sharing what I felt and trying to help them. And I was like, I want to work with you. I was like, I don't know what that means, but I like want to take you quote unquote there. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I want to. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I don't really know either. And I kind of like <laughs> let that idea slip for like a whole year. Like I just didn't, I had all this like energy and all this excitement about life and all this, this stuff that I just wanted to share. And I didn't have that outlet. And, and the transition to teacher was when I was so filled with like, passion and so filled I'm also an artist um visual and vocal artist oh, cool. and sometimes like guitar and drums but anyways I have all these things that I want <laughs> to do here and like <laughs> and I was noticing that the community that I was in wasn't totally matching everything that I wanted to do and be and I was realizing that I was the gap like I, I was that missing piece that was supposed to start facilitating spaces with the people that I love so that we could go mm. deeper. And I was and I recognized that all of these things that I have inside me weren't supposed to just live inside of me. And I struggled with that. I struggled with that a lot in the beginning as well. The idea of like, well, if I'm not perfect, how am I supposed to guide these people? How am I supposed to really help anyone? But I think that's part of it is not being perfect because not being perfect is human. And when you show up as not perfect and you can admit, hey, I'm I'm here and maybe tomorrow I'll be there or here again. <laughs> you know, this is just where I'm at. And and I have certain things about me that are special and that are um really beautiful and that I really want to share. And if you want to share alongside with me, you're invited, but I will never claim. And as a teacher, it's not fair to ever claim that we know everything or that we're ever perfect because we're not. And that actually makes us so much more relatable and actually helpful to other people when we can say, look, I'm not perfect. I have special things about me and you're not perfect and you have special things about you. Mm -hmm. And that makes such a that's such a better place for, for me personally to come from than saying like, I am perfect. You must do everything I do because I don't believe anyone is ever supposed to be exactly like anyone else. Yeah. That's like that guru mentality is I'm perfect. Do as I do. You can't mess up, you know? And I feel like I love the way you said that. Cause I feel like we're moving out of the blindly following people and looking that everybody has flaws, everybody has things that they like and don't like about themselves and each other. And so, yeah, I think that you show up perfectly as you are. It's, yeah, I agree. I was just going to say, it's also like, I feel like, Envy, what you're saying too is like, it's like that hierarchy is starting to dissolve. That like idea, I keep thinking of a boss for some reason in like the corporate world of like the boss is supposed to be like perfect and know everything and really or even a parent right we've been talking about this a lot recently it's like when you're little you have this idea that parents they just know what they're they they're they know exactly what to do they are, do everything right you know and as you get older you start to realize oh no this person's literally just a human learning they they never got a manual they don't know what they're still on their journey even though they're, they're now responsible as fucked up as i am yeah <laughs> Even though they're now they're responsible for a human life, like it's okay to still be in a state of learning even with big responsibility. And I think that all plays back into this is like 
it's okay that you're still on your, that doesn't make you any less helpful. That doesn't make you any less credible. It makes you, like you said, Shan, more relatable. Um, and I think, I think actually it's more inspiring in a lot of ways because instead of looking at this person going, oh, how will I ever be like that? I can never get to that level because they're projecting this mm-hmm. image of perfection, which isn't even real, right? Mm-hmm. It's more so saying, hey, I'm, I'm just one step, quote unquote, ahead of you. I've just gone, I've just gotten, I've, I've been where you've been and now I'm on the next level. Right. But I'm a human and I'm, I'm, I have, like you said, flaws too, you know? Yeah. And I think what we're touching on now too is the difference between patriarchal and matriarchal leadership, which is something that I, like, as soon as I learned what it was, I was like, oh, this is like really what it's supposed to be about. So the way I understand it, and the way it's relevant to what we're talking about, patriarchal leadership is kind of like a funnel down system. It's like, I have power, you have to follow me. And then under that, and then it's like, like you said, and be like the hierarchical system. And then matriarchal leadership is more like, I have a special gift. You do too. Why don't we come together and share our special gifts? And so that's kind of what I was alluding to. And I was talking earlier, like, because I feel like I've really learned how to embody um, myself and communicate well and live in a way that feels good to me, I feel mm-hmm. confident that I can take you there. Like I can help you get to that place because that is one of my special gifts is being myself. <laughs> and it sounds silly. I always feel weird saying that, but it's like, yeah, my special gift is literally being myself. And people tell me that all the time and I know it about me and about my life. But think of like, so I have a car, right? I, I have recently filmed a podcast episode on this similar topic, but I have a car, right? And so someone's passion in life is like building stuff and fixing things and helping me like get my car on the road. That is their special gift. And I am no better than than them. That's patriarchal thinking. Like maybe I make more than you or you make more than me or you're more helpful. No, I'm more helpful. Like that's like that competitiveness. Mm-hmm. But matriarchal leadership is like an understanding that I, I can't run my life without you. Like I need that car to get places and you really help me with that. And that makes you special because that's your passion and your chosen line of work. And then my chosen line of work is maybe you're having maybe that same mechanic. They're having marital problems at home or something. And then they come to me and they're like, oh, how can I communicate better? And we can exchange our special gifts. And it doesn't mean anything about either of us except for the fact that we're sharing and that we are in harmonious relationship to one another. Yeah? Mm, yeah. Can, can I just share like an Im- – like <laughs> this relates, what? but it also goes off on a different topic. But I just have yeah. to share it because it just came through. I got the image so strong while you were sharing this. So when you're talking about patriarchal and matriarchal, patriarchal I was seeing as like a line, right? Like a straight, a top to bottom. Matriarchal I was seeing as like a circle. Like a it's yeah. it's all in the same – we're all sitting next to each other kind of in the same on the same plane, right? Yeah. And then I was seeing how I was like, oh, it's like a that's interesting because we say because that's the thing. It's like men are lines and women's are, women are circles. And then I started thinking like actually it's like a one and a zero and how like encoding and programming, it's all just ones and zeros. That's all anything is made up of. It's just that's at the core level, that's what it is. And like how when you think about the programming of our world, it's like the masculine and the feminine and how it has it, – it's all a series of 
combination of that. I don't know. I just like got that so strongly while you were. I feel like you just broke through the matrix. I I was thinking of the matrix. I'm sitting here like, (laughs) I don't know what just happened. So I'm just going to smile. No, I, I see that. I see that. Continue on. Sorry. My, my, you remind me of my friend. She's an architect and we've talked about this before. We're like, a straight line it sees ahead of it and behind it it's like kind of moving like this and that's necessary so much of the time like that's how we build our western houses you know like lines we need them um but then she was she said to me about she brought to my awareness that when you sit in circle you can see everyone so it's Mm -hmm. like I I totally get that And, and I love that one and zero things admittedly like numbers scare me so thinking about like one and zero yeah even that I'm like I don't know yeah I don't know either I just know that in computer programming it's ones and zeros that's it and I don't know anything beyond that I'm just saying isn't that interesting because like when you again when you think about the matrix and you think about this idea that this is all a hologram or a a program I don't know it's just well no I don't literally think that like somebody's behind a computer and then we're here I don't think that it not that type of simulation idea or theory um but I I think of it as I do wonder sometimes actually what is the deal with sacred geometry and why what it because when you break that down it comes back to numbers right and I'm like so what are numbers what are numbers and even when you talk about astrology or life path, um, sorry, numerology or any of those systems that kind of categorize us, again, it comes back to the numbers. So I'm like, so what the hell is a number? Well, it's basically a program. It's a programming language. Like that's what I've deduced. So again, I know I do not think that someone is sitting there with a computer and we're all plugged into it or something like that. I do think though the metaphor of a program, a computer program does give us uh it's more metaphorical not literal I don't know if that answered your question at all yeah it does well I was just thinking because the other day I was like I have this nice little river by my house and I was like sitting there I was laying I was like looking up at the sky and I was praying but not in the conventional way of like like dear god like hello like it's me I was just kind of like having a conversation with this thing and I was like oh um you know, like I can only go at the pace that I can go. Like I feel like sometimes you're pushing me to go faster than I can. And like mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep up. But I, I need you to like – I was literally having like this back and forth. Like I need you to respect that like I can only like shed my skin as fast as I can shed and like transform and like do all these things. Like I feel this pressure from you to like be something magnificent. And like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on my way and I do feel that way. But I, I need you to like back up a little. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, and I've never had this sort of conversation with the universe. Like, usually it's like, like, I, like, I love you. Like, you're so wonderful. Like, thank you, universe, you know, like, but I was like setting a boundary. I was like, stop it. Like, you're like, you're like throwing a lot at me and I just like need a breath. And Mm. it was so funny having that conversation because I was like looking at the sky and I was like, is someone like behind that sky? Like, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like listening, it's like, okay, Shan, like less, Yes. <laughs> so that's why it's like I'm thinking of that simulation and I'm like I feel like I, I kind of thought I had a good idea of what the universe was and then like 
lately I've been talking to it differently. And so now I'm like, I actually don't even know if it is what I once thought it was. Like, well, what happened after you were talking to it like that? What happened after you set that boundary? Did things like ease up or? It felt it like worse? a relief. It felt like a relief. Like, you know, when you say no to something or mm-hmm. I have, I worked with a coach who told me that I was allowed to make a task list for the universe. Like I could literally write things down, like as same as I have my own to-do list. She was like, why don't you write one for the universe? Like, yeah. universe, what does that like, look like? It was like, like, like well, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what? No, it was I'm in terms on you. of business. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, it was in terms of business. It was like, things that I that I didn't like I wanted to hire someone to be an assistant I was like universe bring me an assistant like you know Mm -hmm. like I didn't want to look because I didn't feel like looking (laughs) um, but it felt like that kind of it feels like my relationship is shifting in that way and when I was having that conversation it felt similar to that task list where I was like okay like I'm, I surrender to you, but at the same time, like, you got to surrender to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Meet me halfway. <laughs> yeah. I love that, though, because I, I do think that is a lot of, like, you telling me, you know, it, you're, it, what you, I hear you say when you share that story is that, like, you're taking authority and ownership over your life experience, and you're saying, like, just because it's coming this fast doesn't mean I want it this way right now, and actually, no, what I would mm-hmm. prefer is this experience and your ex- your understanding or your newer understanding that like you have the right to um, determine that for yourself, not just in your personal relationships or your business relationships or your like very earthly relationships, but also in terms of like your spiritual relationships. And it reminds me very much of Ambie, you talking about like connecting with your guides and telling your guides like this is how I want you to communicate with me. This is mm-hmm. what I would like, you know. That's like boss level creating your own reality. Mm-hmm. You have achieved it. Wow. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ambie, can you actually, like, I know that I'm coming on here, but I, I want to hear more about. <laughs> I need Wait, to, what? <laughs> like, I, I need to know, like, what. So I, if I want to get more, and I'm sure you've made podcasts plenty about it but like I would love to hear from you like if if you want to get in touch with your guides and like so sometimes like dark entities like come to me (laughs) and I'm like doesn't surprise me yeah I'm like I don't know what to do with you like I see you I feel you I know you're here I don't know what to do like like Mm -hmm. I guess so my question is like what do you do when you when you really want energies to be softer like your spirit guides or spirits in general but you also don't want to bypass them and like they're so when you say dark entities do you mean like because when I'm when I interpreted that as like uh shadow figures have you seen that yeah I, I see shadows yeah okay so shadow figures are essentially like observers um because if you notice when you feel into them they don't have genders there's no like backstory it's just like a shadow figure and you're like What's going on here, man? What are you doing? And every time they see you, it's almost like, oh, shit. And then they leave, right? Mm. And so they're observing certain types of people to see how they're creating the reality. But did you mean that or did you mean like a dark negative spirit? I don't know. I guess I... I think I meant that. I'm not even sure what it is. And that actually helps clarify a lot. Like I'm like, oh, so they're so... So they're just, they're just observing you because you're like when, as soon as you said that, the reason I said that doesn't surprise me is because you're 
an amplifier and a creator. And so you have the ability to kind of turn the dial on what you want to create, but also do that for other people. And so they want to see with your ability what, um, like what happens with your emotion. It's basically like they're tracking your vibration and seeing like, oh, if she's really high vibe right now, how, how, um, does it happen if she's low vibration and, and vice versa? Can she go back and forth between the two? So do they mess with your reality then? Wait, just really quick too. Like, I love that we're even now I'm asking you, cause I know that this is like something that is your special gift. And so it kind of like is perfect for this conversation that we're kind of like going this way. Cause it's like, it's like, we all have this, these things that are like other people, they're searching for your wisdom. And so if anyone listening, I guess I'll just give like a shout out to a listener, like, and you're wondering, like, if you have a special gift, or like, if you have anything worth sharing, you want to be a coach or a teacher, like we all we all really do. And this is like a perfect example, because I'm like desperate for this information. Um, So (laughs) what, like, then, so then, do they mess with your life? They're not allowed to interfere. They're just observing completely? They're just observers. Yep. Why does it feel like sometimes they do? Sometimes I feel like they're like trying to spook me. Um, that can go back. What I feel like intuitively is that can go back to your childhood and your upbringing of different belief systems that are in place with like the woo-woo or like the other side or the other reality. Um, it's very common that in um, different belief, different cultures, um, children that were seers or children that had gifts were actually like locked in closets or were um, kept in caves or essentially dark places. And whichever child was least afraid would be the next seer or the next person of that, that tribe or culture or whatever the case may be, that group of people. Um, and so a lot of us that are highly intuitive are afraid of the dark like unrealistically, like there's no reason behind it. With my lights on. I do too, girl. But like terrified of the dark for no damn reason, right? I'm in my 30s. I should not be afraid of the dark. Um, But yeah, scared of the dark, always feeling like someone's around you, can't really shake that feeling. Um, And just certain other attributes as well. And so this is like a lifetime this is not necessarily in this life. This is many lifetimes accumulation. So, so it's like an initiation is kind of what I'm sensing because you said that when these yes. children, the one that comes out and is and is least afraid of the dark or is the first to break that. What do you? What would you call it? To just open that doorway and open that. Yeah. That is then they're then initiated into like. Seerhood, I don't know. Yeah, seerhood, I don't know. Whatever they're, <laughs> whatever. But, but yeah. So there, it's an initiation process. I feel like I've failed the initiation process several times, probably. Um, but yeah, it's just this innate, um, no real reason to be afraid, but it's this innate fear. And so, if you can determine, um, I compare it to like a monster under your bed, right? Like when you're a kid, you're like something's under my bed, it's gonna grab me. But then you look and it's laundry. So if you can equate it that way to a monster under your bed, it becomes much, much less scary. I find that most entities that are actually like really scary that leave like claw marks on people, things like that are actually children that are earthbound spirits that just want someone to pay attention to them. They just want someone to listen to them. And so just like a five-year-old would hit you if they're mad, it's the same thing. 
Mm. So it's much less scary than really what goes on in here. And I pointed to your head. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I I feel like I needed that. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Let's get back to you and your goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So. So, I mean, do you want to, like, go into that, Shan, like, a little bit about, like, how you've been experiencing things? I know you're just talking about, like, developing a relation, a deeper relationship with the universe, but um, maybe just, I don't know, share a little bit about, like, your intuition or how that's been developing over the, over this ascension period. Sure. I actually, so something I actually would, um, would rather share that I think is still relevant and, like, Makes sense. Right. So I just moved into this this new home with my younger sister and two. She's like amazing. I'm so blessed to like live with my sister and um, two people that I hadn't met before. And this is like my first home where all of us like we established before I moved in like, okay, all of us are like dedicated to spirit. And so this is like the first home where that was like established and it's like the underlying current that although we're all different in whatever ways, that's how we come together, which is community. You have that underlying current that is the same. And so when I first moved in, see this door here, if you're listening, you can't see it, but this door here, there's some dark energies going around that door, like all the time, all the time. And it was actually really validating to live here because when I went upstairs and, and I at first I was hiding it and I was just like scared down here. Like, why am I scared? Like, grow up, Shan. Like, there's nothing going on. Um, and then I went upstairs and I was like, listen, I need to talk to you guys. I don't know how to say this, but there's like a dark energy like in my room <laughs> and I need your help. <laughs> and immediately they were like, yes. And they we went down here. We meditated. We like communed with it. Like we like came together and in this and had a very intuitive ceremony about like, what it needed, what it was, like how to best Mm. deal with it. We left out like fruit and offerings for it. And like, it was so validating to be around people who actually believed me and who not only believed me, but then didn't let me carry the burden alone of like Mm. having this spirit or just life in general, I guess. Like I've cried with them. We've cried, like, you know what I mean? Like we cook together, we cry together. And so I just like feel like this was relevant because it reminds me of what, um, you were saying, Ambie, about like when you're younger, these things can get suppressed and you can be taught like these things are bad. Like there's no way to deal with them. Like just stop thinking about it. Stop noticing right it. away. Yeah. And our psychic abilities are really suppressed. And it was like a huge moment for me to go upstairs and to share this thing that I'd been nervous to share and have everyone not only say they believed me, but that they wanted to help me. And then actually like one of my roommates was like, channeling really deeply like messages from the spirit and she'd never done anything like that before and so like the power of community and coming together and being able to say like hey I'm experiencing this is just so beautiful and I think that's really what I want to share because that's like something that COVID is really um, teaching me is the importance of community and being around people who really get you and who really um, encourage you to continue exploring your intuition, who you are, your gifts, and and all that kind of stuff. And so that's my response to your question. I don't know how to end it, but yeah. Mm. What do you guys? Can think? I end it? What is the what did so? What did you guys find out? What is it? Is it a spirit? Is it a, a bad energy? What is it? Um, I'm so excited so- now. 
we have mixed. So I live in a town where the Native Americans were massacred um, and I live right by a river. So the people that lived specifically on on the land that we're on, um, they were like the water tribe. And I learned all about them. And I have a feeling that it might be something like that. But I have a greater sense that it's just something that's been following me that now that my psychic abilities are are really heightened and I'm very perceptive and I'm open um, it's just showing itself even more. We're not even totally sure. Our idea of, of what it was changed a few times. And we've had like three banishing ceremonies to try and banish it. Like literally one was like six hours. Like I planted sage. Jeez, and, Louise. Yes, I planted sage and basil and like all these protective herbs outside my door. I drew ruins on my door. Like I've been praying. I like candles every night and it's still here. Um, don't tell my you roommate. I told it? her it left because she's scared. <laughs> But Have yeah, you it's, asked it what it is? Um, one time I let it like right through me and it yelled at me like a little bit. It was like, I'm, I'm your guest. Like, why are you trying to banish me? Like, like, don't treat me like this. Have yeah. you tried to show it like a door or a staircase? Show it a door? So um, sometimes with earthbound spirits, they go on a loop, right? And they'll just do like the same thing over and over and over. And so you have to help them cross over. And so instead of like banishing them and saying like, get out of here, right? It's showing them that there should be some type of doorway, which is why they might be stuck in the doorway. Um, But showing them some type of doorway or staircase up to heaven or whatever the other side is. Maybe try that. Yeah, I'll look into that. Thank you. Oh, I have this feeling. I have this sense. It's funny that we're talking about this. I didn't expect we would talk about this, but whatever. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, I get this sense that it like, like if I could find a way to communicate, it could like be a friend to me, mm. but that I'm like too scared and I like don't know how not to be scared. So, yeah. Interesting. That's okay. Yep. It's okay to be scared. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. So now um, we're here. <laughs> I've one of some I don't know I was just got a little hit that um we have someone that may be able to I don't know help you like maybe help you communicate or find a better way to communicate or something someone just popped in my head for you but we can talk after um but that's that's interesting it makes me think about in my room here the one I'm in here my friend well Ambie said Ambie has experienced this spirit I don't know if they're still here do you ever see them Ambie when we're talking but our other friend, she like refuses to come into this room because there's this spirit. I live in an old hospital, an abandoned, or not an abandoned hospital. That sounds terrifying. A renovated she hospital. She lives in an abandoned I live hospital. in an abandoned hospital. <laughs> it's a really nice room. We're squatting here. <laughs> no. That is still squatting. That is scary, actually. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, I live in a building that used to be a hospital. That's very nice now, but for a while there was a spirit in this room that I'm in that Ambie was always like seeing. And my, I didn't it wake you up when you were here. I would, yeah, it was very disrespectful. But oh. um, I literally would be like, you don't see him yeah. right behind you, and then she's like, don't, don't do this. I'm like, I, I can't. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but um. But that's interesting. And that's really cool. Just going back to like you moving into a house and like feeling seen and heard and validated. I think that is such a big thing. We talk about 
Mm -hmm. on this podcast all the time about how, you know, I can share from my own experience how before I had this community, before we started this podcast, before I met Ambie, before I opened up and let all my whole, I mean, at my wedding, it was like, you know, the majority of my friends that were able to come were from this podcast, right? And people that have been to like Mm -hmm. our retreats and stuff, um, which felt so good. But like before I had that, all of my other relationships were like strained because I was needing so bad. I was confused about what was going on and like they weren't in the frame of mind to be able to help me like because that's not where that's not their experience or where they come from. So like it was just putting such a making me not feel good, putting a strain on them and making me feel desperate and resentful and all this. And then finally, when I let in my community, it's suddenly like, oh, I feel so seen and heard that those other relationships that I felt like I needed something from, I was like, I don't need, I don't need that this from you guys. Like, and those relationships then flourished in these like brand new ways. And so I personally feel so kind of complete in like, mm-hmm. I have everything I need all around me. Like I feel satisfied. I feel seen. I feel heard. And I have the I have my community to go to, and and I do think that is a big p- thing missing, especially in women's work, like intuitive women, um, and in people who are just waking up. Is this kind of like this safe haven or this safe space where they know that, like you said, you can ask for help, you can relate about what's really going on, and I. So so that is actually in part what this podcast is, you know, or what we want it to be for people. I was just thinking that. Oh, great. Like, oh, and I, and it reminds me of earlier in the conversation too when I was talking about how like my urge to be a teacher was so great and I felt like there was a gap in my community and that gap, like I filled a, a role for others, but then as I rose and I started filling that gap, like, okay, I want to like sit in ceremony with my friends and like honor mm-hmm. the moon. And that was like the first time I held a moon circle was like three years ago. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was like, this is right. Like, this is just what I want to do. And it was filling that gap. And then through rising in my own, like, leadership, like, I – what's happening? My screen is like, okay, stop. Okay. (laughs) Through rising in my own leadership and filling that gap, like, like how you said, like, certain relationships started to fade because they weren't fitting anymore. And then other ones started to really flourish. And then I started recognizing, like, the way my other friends held space or making completely new friends who like were filling some gap that I was needing. And so I think what I want to share now is like for anyone listening, like don't be afraid to not like people and don't be afraid for people not to like you. Um, Because I think that's the greatest thing that held me back for a long time was I really wanted the people that were around me, whether I liked them or not to just like me. And, um, once I started like letting that go is when people that I knew really started to love me, you know, because I was like, I was no longer riding in the middle. I was like, if we're hanging out, if you're around me, like, I love you. (laughs) Like, like, and that is the only option anymore. And you have to love me too. Like that is the only option. Um, So yeah, I think that's kind of what I was feeling from like your share was that like letting things go and and letting people not like you as well. Yeah. Totally. I think that's such an important I, – I love that you brought that up too. It's such an important question to ask is like we're so programmed to make sure that everybody loves us or likes us, right? Like make sh- 
you know, like behave and be a good girl and yes, get approval because you don't want to be socially outcast, right? No parent wants that for their child. No, you know, you're trained, you're raised that way in a lot of ways. And also it goes back to the tribe and being exiled and and all of that. Um, And so I think they're just like you said, it's like how often, you know, do you ask yourself, well, do I even want this person to like do do I even like this person that I want to like me so bad does it do do I one of my clients just called me the other day was freaking out that this um this this one of her friends like she didn't have time for her friend anymore and her friend kept asking to hang out but she just genuinely didn't have time and finally I'm like do you like this person and she's like not at all I was like so tell her you are unavailable and she's like Oh, that makes me so uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, it definitely is uncomfortable when you're breaking away from that. But, you know, I I don't even think a lot of us kind of can stop to consider, especially in the beginning, like, who are we doing this for, especially if we don't enjoy spending time with this person, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think that's a really important point and really powerful. And I think, I think that, uh, the people around us right now are going to be really important. Arc Nine keeps saying that Ambrosia channels, you know, the collection of Arcturian energy called we call the Arc Nine, and they keep saying that big time is like you're going to really need those connections. You're going to really need to rely on each other and like be able to trust each other. And so it's I think it's important that you have people around you and you start finding people around you that align with your ideals. You know. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking how you just got married too. Like that's such a big alignment. Like this person that you're going to be around so much, you're going to be around them so much for like the rest of your life. Yeah. um, My who? Wait, who? You, yeah. you just got married. Oh, you, I Unless didn't Anthony you just got married. married. I didn't know. I, no, no, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't, no. I didn't hear you say married. I'm so sorry. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be around him yeah, for the rest of my life. A lot, you a know, lot. like <laughs> for the rest of your life. And yeah. so it's like, because um, that's your community too, is like your partner. Mm-hmm. And like, even if you have children, like your children are your community yeah. as well. And so like, I, I love that Arc9 is like calling or, or calling attention to that. Like notice who's around you, like not just your friends, not just like your boss or whatever, but like who were you quarantined with when things yes. got rough? Like, <laughs> really down with you in quarantine yeah (laughs) it's really important because now you're spending a lot of time together Mm -hmm. like it or not yeah totally which is probably like part of what this is you know all about as well in addition to all the other things that this interesting time is about it's also about it's it's that evaluation time right like Mm -hmm. do I like my job do I like my life? Do I like the people I'm with? You know, I mean, if it's your if it's your family and your kids, that's a that's a that's a tough day. Or maybe I mean, you could still ask yourself that. Do I like the people you can. I'm with? And I think there's so much pressure on women and moms to enjoy motherhood and really like what it is. But I remember I went through a really serious depression after I had. Um, I won't say which one. It's irrelevant. After I had one of my children, you'll never know which one. (laughs) And um, I remember people being like, aren't you so happy? And inside I'd be like, no, (laughs) I'm supposed to keep this thing alive and I don't know what I'm doing. And outside I'd be like, oh my God, it's 
so great because there's so much pressure on having to like it. And I think that if we can come to terms and help each other and say like, I don't like being home with my kids all day. I need help. You know, Um, I think that'll instead of judging each other, um, that'll really get rid of some of these stereotypes and boundaries. Like my husband would want to stay at home all day with the kids and not work. So it's, you know, but that doesn't fit into like what America deems to be appropriate, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And I think that like, Alexa, you, you've said a couple times, like, who am I doing this for? I think that like speaks perfectly to that too. Like, who am I doing this for? Like the system, like, who am I pretending that like, I'm not depressed or I'm not anxious today? Like the system, like, like, who am I really doing that for? And I love, I love that question. Like, who am I doing this for? And like asking yourself that, like, I don't say, I can't say I ask myself that like directly, like those words, like, who am I doing this for? But I do ask a lot of like, why in my life? Like, Mm. why am I doing this? Why do I feel this way? Mm. Like, why, why, why? Mm. And, um, yeah, I I love, I love that we're talking about this. I'm just glad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think those questions are also like a way to pop you again out of whatever you want to call it, the matrix, the programming, whatever it is. It's a way to actually like bring you back into, wait, I have wants and desires and maybe they're not in alignment with what's going on around me, you know, like not necessarily. And that's, isn't that okay? Because whoever I'm trying to appease, again, it goes back to they're just human too. They have other people that they're not, you know, it makes me think about weddings since I just had one. Like there's a lot of pressure on weddings and people having weddings. And I was actually talking, my, my, the guy that cuts my hair, he actually like came and did a house call because of COVID. He came and cut me and my fiance or my now husband's hair before the wedding. He was supposed to get married. He pushed his wedding back. Um, and we were talking about weddings and how like, you know, I don't know if weddings are going to be the same anymore. I don't know if that culture is going to be the same anymore. And maybe that's for the best because maybe a lot of people were getting very wrapped up just like in so many areas of our world that we could mention, but getting really wrapped up in this idea of like, it has to be like this. It has to be big. We have to spend all this money. We have to fit this mold of what a wedding should look like when that's not who I am. Like, what if I do mm-hmm. want 10 people in a backyard on like a bohemian like rug and a, like I don't I don't know like what if that's what if that would make me the happiest and mm-hmm. so it's kind of giving permission in a lot of ways to s- snap out of the mold and go mm-hmm. what do I individually want and giving ourselves permission to have that you know? definitely that's amazing yes <laughs> Shan, um, it's been so awesome to have you on here and just like – I just want to say your presence and I remember – I was on your podcast. You had me on your amazing podcast um, and I remember this then but I'm reminded of it now. You just have such a beautiful, authentic, down-to-earth, calming um, energy and it's really nice and um, – <laughs> And, uh, and you know, for those who have listened and been like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to get with her and like listen to more of her and get more Shan in my life, where can they do that? How can they listen to your podcast? How can they work with you? All that fun stuff. Amazing. Thank you. And I really enjoyed coming here, too. I've been looking forward to this. I, I reached out to you to be on this platform and like I don't I don't do that. I was just like, I don't know, like I just want to talk to like Alexa and Ambie and like <laughs> see what happens. Thanks for asking. Um, 
amazing. Yeah, you guys are wonderful. You're so wonderful. Uh, yeah, so my podcast is called Wise Body Mind, and that is available on all major podcasting platforms. Again, Wise Body Mind, simple. And then the best way to access me is probably through Instagram, Shan Castano. I don't know if you're going to put that in the show I notes. I will. I'll put all this in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you can look down. It's right there. And yeah, so I offer mentorship. I do virtual gatherings. I do in-person gatherings, which are like kind of on the on the hold because of the COVID. <laughs> um, but if you find me on Instagram, if, if that's a place where, where you are yourself, um, I'm pretty much posting about my things on there. And you can always reach out for um, mentorship stuff or one-off session stuff. Or even if you just want me to talk about something on my podcast, I love hearing from people. So if you're like, wait, I want her to talk more about this, you can just reach out to me and I would love to do that for you. So those are the best ways right now. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, as we mentioned, we will put those links in the show notes. So if you are uh, wanting to connect with Shanmore, just go to our show notes. It'll be super easy to click and follow. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so beautiful to reconnect with you and, uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. You guys the best. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, we love you so much and until next time, keep on blooming. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.